Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Stodd and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Yes, indeed, we are on cruise control. We're ready to hit the road. This is Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. And as usual, I'm here, Les Jackson. He's here, Fred Staub, as we are each and every week. And uh, we have a a bit of a ride uh, during this hour. A A lot of interesting things going on. Uh, you can bet everything's expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for <laughs> I sure. I think that's the, it, it. Certainly is. Less. We're going to yeah. start with new strict federal regulations. Uh, will they change what automakers are selling in the near future? When I mean near future, in the next couple of years, we take a look at these new requirements. Got a lot to talk about there, Les. I got a lot of a uh, lot of thoughts on it. Absolutely. And uh, Mercedes, speaking of expensive, hangs a price tag on its first AMG electric. <laughs> it's better a big. Be, better be sitting down. Better be using some good hollow wall fasteners to hold that up. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that hold uh, 100 plus pounds. But we'll tell you about that. As the Tesla turns, Les Jackson, one of your favorite segments here on the show. Uh, We've got a full one this hour, including good news for Elon Musk. Some models are sold out until 2023, and then he's seeking total automotive domination. He wants to build 20 million cars a year himself, overnight, (laughs) after work. No. (laughs) Uh, And uh, one of his self-driving cars was called a drunk novice by uh by a court we'll tell you about that (laughs) yes indeed and uh, a vietnamese suv manufacturer called vinfast uh they're they're planning to build a u.s factory and we have some pictures of the suv it looks pretty good but of course we that's all we know about it yeah check out Uh, our uh, facebook page for seeing those pictures i think uh, i think you'll find it interesting i'm i'm excited to find out what these things cost and uh vegas baby 2023 f1 is coming to uh, the neon city there out in the desert and they got a full course planned out we'll tell you a little bit about what their plans are and then i have an at the wheel review uh of a really nice vehicle the qx50 from infinity we're gonna Tell you all about that. It's called the Essential model, but it's actually, I think, more than the Essentials. I think it's, uh, I think it's a pretty good uh, model. And uh, you know, we don't talk a lot about Infinities, but they, they certainly are uh, nice vehicles. So, hey, when we come back, though, we're going to tell you about the future of what's in the automotive showroom. So stay tuned to Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We'll be right back. 
Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is none other than Les Jackson. And uh, Mm -hmm. we are taking you on a ride around the automotive industry. A lot going on, including this week, uh, federal regulations, major fuel economy standards that will come in by 2026. 2026. Yes, that's not that far off. Um, And this won't be a gradual increase. The standard... For fuel economy, it will jump by 8% for cars and light trucks in 2024 and 2025, increasing by 10% for 2026. Uh, and uh, they, they're they saying that this will reduce gas consumption, but they'll also reduce fuel costs. It also means that vehicles will cost more, which I think is the the immediate <laughs> not not oh, that they don't yeah. cost more already um i you know i i i don't think that the they're going to see an immediate change with these cuz people aren't going to go out and buy a new car unless unless they are instructed to um they're not going to be doing this the new target though is 49 miles to the gallon now what will what will this do to what we see in the next few years? Uh, I have a couple of theories. V8's gone. I think V8's will be gone. V8's gone. Um, I guess trucks will keep them. I, I think we might see even um, like the 4.6 dropped in the uh, F-150. I think we might see, um, you know, uh, a higher output uh, straight six uh, or V6s, uh, you look at the F-150, they have those that put out 400 horsepower. Uh, I think the Dodge brand is going to see the biggest change because they're going to move away from the Hemi. And probably right. probably we will see the retirement of all Hellcat models. Um, and they will go with that Hurricane engine, the straight six with uh, uh, 500 horsepower. Um, well... What do you think about size? Uh, I don't think, I think size will come down. I think they'll. Light, I think it. I think, I think they'll the light, big ones. They'll they'll lightweight them, and I think that people want the size. They want the size. Well, but already we're seeing a, a slight just because of the gas prices. Just like in two thousand eight, we're seeing a decrease in the purchase of big SUVs. Yeah. I think um, you look to something like the Ford Maverick with their hybrid powertrain yeah. gets 37 miles to the gallon combined. Uh, I think you'll see virtually every car will be uh, a hybrid. Every every yep. vehicle. Now, that's where Makes it comes sense. into everything will get more expensive because every vehicle will be a hybrid. They won't be as expensive as hybrids now because – it will just be a standard thing and you'll get the economy of scale. Yeah. But um, that's I, true. Um, I'd love to see it, frankly. Uh, performance will switch over completely to electric. Electric vehicles will yeah. be the performance vehicles for sure. 
more electric vehicles will come on because obviously this is a corporate fuel economy average. The more electric vehicles you have in there, the better your average. So I think this will accelerate it, don't you? I think so. And of course, the manufacturers want to do that anyway. Yeah. I mean, many have uh, said they want to, you know, uh, by not that far beyond 2026, be all electric. So, uh, And I, I think that'll bring uh, into the market uh, a, a vehicle that uh, kind of, I'm not sure what the name is, but it's it's got four doors and it's kind of sits low and <laughs> people get in it. Are you talking, talking about a sedan? That's that's the word. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I think people still want the big high seating way, but they'll, you know, position, but they'll they'll go and they will. Um, it will be lightweight. It will be expensive and carbon fiber based, and uh, you will sit up high over an electric motor. Hmm. And but well, you you paint quite a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I think though that we're also going to see prices rise. I think the average price of a car will be sixty thousand dollars in the not too distant future and that yeah. is msrp price we've been talking about the hijinks that's going on in dealers uh for certainly for popular models sometimes even bread and butter models but uh, i think these are the changes we will see uh certainly in the near term and more in the future for sure but we will keep you up to date on them. He is Les Jackson. I am Fred Staub. We will be right back. We're going to talk about Mercedes. Here's a car of the future, and it costs a lot, too. We'll be right back. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Well, here it comes, gang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here it comes. You, you wanted it. We've got it. Uh, the Mercedes AMG electric uh, EQS sedan uh, can be yours <laughs> for, for a trivial <laughs> starting price. $147,500. That's the from price, starting from. Plus tax. And and market adjustment, market price. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, so I think you're looking at close to 200 At least. At least. Uh, of course, it's got the uh, uh, hyper screen that seamlessly displays... A uh, 56-inch curved glass surface. It's got every bit of technology you want. It's probably one of the most technologically advanced vehicles out there. And guess what? You are paying for it. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure we will start to see these things in the road soon. But $147,500 starting price. And, and they will arrive in the late spring of 2022. What's interesting here, um, interesting article in uh, Carbuzz, they said the 2022 Mercedes AMG EQS costs more than the Model S Plaid, that is Tesla's performance model. Um, and 
the the good thing is though for Mercedes is you get the seventy five hundred dollar discount yet with Mercedes. That's, Does anyone care about that money if they're spending that much money? Well, not anyone who can afford these. No. Uh, and uh, there is a there, you know, it, it it just boggles the mind that these things are are that price. Um. <laughs> well. Uh, Granted, they're not going to sell a hundred thousand of these things, but uh, there there are a lot of uh, wealthy people around who well can afford these, yeah. want them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, uh, I I tell you, I think what we are seeing is, uh, you know, the magic. I remember when the average price of a new vehicle was thirty thirty five thousand dollars. First of all, yeah. I remember when that $35,000 was considered entry-level uh, luxury. That's right. You would get a CTS-4 or something like that. That was from maybe Cadillac. five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, yeah. And now the average price of a car is $40,000. I mean, you could yeah. get them for less. Well, maybe. <laughs> But uh, it, it's it, it's moving quickly. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. Um, speaking of the Tesla Plaid, would you like to do a little at as the Tesla turns? Well, listen, it wouldn't be cruise control without that. Okay. Well, let's do it. And this is not a bad thing because we always like to say as the Tesla turns, it's like a soap opera, but there's good things that happen on the soap opera. Um a lot of Teslas are sold out until 2023, um, and that is according to this uh, publication called Electric. And uh, the cheapest Model Y long range is sold out. Uh, Model 3 is uh, sold out. Model S, there's quite a backlog for them, so you'll have to wait to 2023. Model X Plaid buyers, uh, as if they can get their... Uh, car sooner if they order the $12,500 full self-driving package. A mm. little bit of marketing going on there. So uh, apparently he's selling everyone he can build, right? Well, he did this before. Mm -hmm. uh, and he eventually got there uh, several years later. Yeah. Also, there's, uh, a, there's a report that uh, Elon Musk is looking at a new kind of battery for his vehicles. Uh, he was talking about this at the Giga Berlin factory. That's where the Model Y is built for Europe. And he's talking about working on a manganese-based battery that will be less expensive than the lithium-based batteries and uh, will also uh, have higher range as well. So... That's a good bit of technology there, right? It is. I don't know about the, uh, the long-term reliability of manganese batteries. I'll have to read up on that. Don't know about it. Nope. Um, but uh, he also said that he would like to dominate production of cars uh, and, and uh, the Berlin plant where he's talking could produce in the future 500,000 cars on an annual basis, uh, he wants to build 20 million cars in 10 years. 
and basically hmm. dominate the automotive industry. Do you think that's possible? I Certainly not I as don't. the only EV manufacturers because there's going to be a deluge no. of new cars, right? Um, what do you think? Can he grow? Well, I think it's... I think it's typical of Elon Musk. It's uh, a lot of a lot of uh, hype uh, speech. Yeah. Um, and and you know for himself for for the industry and uh, and for uh, you know and for potential buyers. Um, how far he falls short of this, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But, and- but you know he can crank it up, uh, but there's there's as you said there's going to be a lot of competition. Yeah, a lot of competition and and all and, that. And the competition's fit and finish is just simply far better. And then uh, Dateline Germany, a uh, owner of a Tesla Model Three with full self-driving capability, as as he says. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, basically sold. It had to be bought back by Tesla because the German court said the car drove like a drunk novice when it was in the full <laughs> self-driving mode. And it was not, as described, a sol- full self-driving car and therefore was basically, as we would put it, a lemon. Uh, and... Uh, the German courts ruled that uh, this had to be bought back. It was not. It was not uh, what it was cracked up to be. So, I wonder if this is a landmark case in Europe. And you know, now he's using the full self-driving package, the twelve thousand five hundred dollar package, as a yep. way to kick your order forward to get it get your car sooner. Some people may just order it just to do that. And there, there will be uh, lemon law suits in this country, as you know. I've been an expert witness in a bunch of them, and I would have no problem testifying that you know this is not autonomous. No, no, and uh, and, and I notice it's being uh, called the FSD uh, package now <laughs> i wonder i yeah. wonder if they'll say well fsd doesn't stand for full self-driving anymore it stands for uh yeah. i don't know what frequently frequently seems demonstrative or something <laughs> like that uh, yeah yeah so i don't know maybe that's a way around it say oh we, we didn't mean that was just something yeah, we didn't mean that we it's, didn't mean that that's just something we uh we came up with but i don't know uh, it's it's certainly interesting uh, the way the industry is going. There's a lot of exciting product coming out, but it's not inexpensive. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about a Vietnamese SUV manufacturer, VinFast, that has plans to build a factory in the U.S. We're going to talk about Formula One heading to um, the Neon City of Las Vegas, and I'll have an at-the-wheel review of the 2022 Infiniti QX50 Essential, which I found to have more than the Essentials, Les Jackson. I thought I thought it was uh, quite well equipped. But, uh, mm-hmm. hey, we appreciate you uh, listening to Cruise Control Radio. Stay tuned. As I said, we've got plenty more coming up. We will be right back after the break. Stay tuned. 
We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. Les had to step away. And uh, so for the rest of the show, it will be you and me talking about, well, a lot more things going on in the automotive industry. This week, there was a big announcement. And I tell you, the automotive industry continues to change and new manufacturers come in. There's one called VinFast. VinFast is a, probably a brand you've never heard of. Uh, it's from Vietnam. And uh, they are building SUVs, electric SUVs. Uh, we don't know what these vehicles cost, but they are called the VF9 and VF8. They are battery electric. They hope to start building them in July of 2024. And the vehicles have space for seven and five passengers, respectively. And they expect to produce 150,000 vehicles per year. The interesting thing is they expect to build them at a factory in North Carolina. And that's what was announced this week, uh, that they would be building a large factory in Raleigh and plan to employ 7,500 people. Uh, so it's kind of an ambitious and ambitious timeline. And I'm sure this was welcomed. I wonder, though, I love to hear what you guys think in the comments. Would you buy from a brand new manufacturer from a country that's not necessarily known here for producing vehicles? Although, you know, the vehicles themselves, just in the pictures, look very interesting with their designs. Uh, they have a Tesla-like uh, door handles that are recessed. Uh, they are all electric. And uh, we will have to see what happens with this brand in the U.S. But my question is, would you buy from a brand that you're completely not familiar with from a country that's not necessarily known, at least here, for building cars? Uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, another, while we're selling a lot of cars and uh, selling, uh, selling a lot of uh, uh, trucks, in the automotive industry. There's also another part of the industry that we don't talk about that often, and it is the RV sector, and it is enjoying a huge back order of orders. Winnebago. Winnebago has a $4.4 billion back order of uh, RVs, and it all started during COVID-19. People wanted to buy an RV. They figured... It's safer. Hey, I'm staying in a motorhome. I'm not staying in a hotel. Um, and it's it's a good, safe way to travel. There's the van life concept um, where people just, they're, they're mobile now. They can work from anywhere they, that they can get internet. And a lot of people are doing this. Uh, recently, they celebrated their 500,000th recreational vehicle. And it seems like the 600,000th uh, will come sooner than planned. Um, so they they are doing very well with this huge back order of orders. A lot of the vehicles, too, are Sprinter van based. Of course, uh, Sprinter uh, being the Mercedes van. 
people like that because it's uh, got a diesel engine, it's got all-wheel drive, um, and that has become an area for what people call uh, a van life. And also lightweight towables that can be towed behind a uh, SUV. So uh, interesting story, interesting segment. We don't really talk about it that much, but it's certainly when you see that growth, you have to you have to wonder. That is uh, pretty cool stuff. Let's talk a little tech. Uh, Ford this week showed off their smart traffic light tech and what it's designed to do. Um, and maybe you found yourself in this situation. You're crossing an intersection. You're waiting to make a turn. You're in the middle of the intersection. And then what comes along but emergency vehicle, whether it's a fire engine, a police car, ambulance, you don't know what to do. Do you go through the light? Do you do, you know, what do you do? Well, now I, a company run, uh, a European company uh, that is working with Ford has come up with a way that emergency vehicles can send a signal to the traffic light. It will change it to green or red, depending on what it has to do to get through the um, intersection. And it will kind of help out with this. And, uh, you know, I think probably traffic lights are one of the oldest technologies out there, at least here in the U.S. I've often, we talk a lot about saving fuel, but how frustrating is it when you're sitting at a traffic light you're the only one on the road. It's nighttime. There's no cars coming in any direction, but you still have to wait at that traffic light, obviously, because you don't want to get a ticket and you don't want to move out into that intersection if if some car could possibly be coming. I often thought that there should be a better way. I know Berlin tried a mechanism with cameras. It would look ahead. If no one was coming for the next four lights, it would keep the lights green. And I think we're going to definitely see as this system from Ford uses uh, the vehicle-to-vehicle communication, when that happens, there's no reason to be sitting still at a traffic light in the middle of the night when no one's around uh, and you know just being dependent on an old-school mechanical timer that doesn't take into account that no one's around and you're just sitting there. So I think um, it can work the other way too. If there's a lot of traffic, it can keep the light going, keep it green longer to clear out the traffic. I think we're going to see big improvements on that. I also think it's a great way to save fuel because just sitting around and it's going to save time too. So it's it's a great way uh, to save fuel and help people move around a lot faster and more efficiently. So, uh, but that is for smart traffic light. They do have similar uh, systems to this uh, and are used on fire engines where um, it's kind of an old school thing. It's been around for a long time where they can send an infrared signal to a receiver on top of a uh, stoplight to make it go green or red or whatever they want it to do. But uh, this would be taking that technology just a little bit further and making it a little bit more advanced. And when we get that vehicle-to-vehicle communication, as will be coming very soon, it's it's a key feature that's needed for really moving up to autonomous driving. When we get that, I think we will see uh, traffic light um, technology really get a boost. So we'll keep you keep you informed on that. Another thing we want to keep you informed on is Formula One. Formula One has had a few races, of course, in the U.S. And one, of course, a uh, long while ago was at the... Um, 
at the uh, uh, Indianapolis 500 Speedway. And and then uh, there are a few more that have happened in the past, including uh, Circuits of America and uh, in Texas and the Miami Grand Prix on the East Coast. Uh, but now there's going to be a Las Vegas Grand Prix and it will be coming in November of 2023. Uh, I think it's a pretty interesting idea uh, that uh, Vegas would do this. It certainly they have a, a great layout uh, that will be around, go down the strip and and around. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, it is uh, 50 laps of a 3.8 mile circuit. That will be completed using only 14 turns. Most of them are high speed. Uh, so I think uh, I think this is going to be pretty exciting to see this come to Las Vegas. It's certainly a showy form of racing. And it is one that would uh, fit the idea of Las Vegas and the, and the kind of attitude of Las Vegas. And uh, I'll be interested to see, uh, see how this works out. It could be something that we see a lot more of. Um, but you think of the cost uh, that Formula One has to spend to move all these cars around, all these teams around the world. It's uh, it's pretty intensive, and um, you know it's good to see that they'll be doing a few more races. I guess they'll also do the races still in Miami and the Circuit uh, Circuit of America as well. Uh, so they'll have like a little three race stretch in the uh, Formula One season that will that will uh, kind of fill up the schedule. So good news. Hey, you're listening to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Stop. Normally, Les Jackson is here with me. He had to step away a little early, but we still got plenty to talk about, including Chevy adding a Pursuit-rated Silverado to their fleet. Uh, the Pursuit-rated F-150 uh, Ford has been a hit with police departments, and uh, now Chevy wants to offer that as well. It's based on their per, their pursuit model Tahoe, um, and to they have to qualify it for pursuit capabilities. It has to be able to handle high speed and and severe duty use. This one will get the venerable 355 horsepower 5.3 liter V8 with a 10 speed automatic, six piston Brembo brakes. With front calibers with 16, 16 inch rotors for durability. And uh, so it's got the cop brakes, cop shocks, cop brakes. Silverado might see one in your rear view mirror. When we come back, we're going to have an at the wheel review of the QX50 from Infinity. Stay tuned. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. One of our favorite segments here involves at-the-wheel reviews, and we're lucky to bring them to you. We do some real-world at-the-wheel driving and uh, talk a little bit about it. This one was the Infiniti QX50, and it is uh, a model called Essential. Uh, 
which is, I, I kind of thought it was a, a name that uh, really didn't do the vehicle justice because it's more than essential. It's, it should have been uh, Infinity QX50, everything you need, because there was a lot on this vehicle. And uh, it, uh, it was one of the newest vehicles in the fleet. Uh, I have to say it uh, had only 716 miles on it when I got it to review. And it was uh, certainly one of the newest vehicles uh, with low mileage. And uh, I, think, uh, I think that uh, it, it really impressed me that the fact that this thing was so clean and really... Um, Patrick, if you could drop that music, that would be great. <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> I think the music is still going. There you go. Thank you. Um, one of the things that you've noticed right away on this Infinity QX50 is the fact that it feels like a luxurious vehicle. It is heavy in a good way. The feel of the doors, the feel of the interior, the feel of the steering. It is a quality piece for sure. Uh, the interior, I thought, really batted above its price point. Uh, it had a couple of interesting things with two displays on the inside where one display was used to handle simply the navigation and the backup camera and the variety of screens uh, that uh, views that you could get with this model by turning the knob on the uh, on the uh, console. And then it, there was another screen that completely was used just for uh, infotainment. Uh, out back, there was good room in the rear seat. You got a couple of uh, USB ports. I also like the fact that I could see out of the back window. Even though it was small and sort of rounded on the edges, you could still see uh, really well. There was rear visibility, a great glass roof, complete glass roof on this model. And the storage was great as well because it was very high in the back. You could stack up a lot of uh, different uh, uh, pieces of luggage and things like that. Um, great looking vehicle on the outside. Of course, it's got the traditional kind of uh, chrome work that you would find on an Infinity, on the whole Infinity lineup. And the front end looks just like every Infinity you've seen with that distinctive grill. Uh, all of these are powered by a two-liter VC turbo inline four-cylinder engine, 268 horsepower, 280 pound-feet of torque, and that is uh, coupled to a CVT transmission, the Xtronic transmission. It's really well coupled. I found this vehicle drove so well. Uh, there was none of the herky-jerkiness. There was The engine wasn't screaming away like certain early CVT transmissions would. And there was plenty of power. And it was elegant power and smooth powertrain. On the inside, nice two-tone separated by uh, sort of a metallic trim. There were two-tone seats with a little bit of uh, darker leather on the wings and perforated leather on the seating surfaces. Um it uh, had those two displays, as I mentioned, uh, which was really handy to use and easy to use. Uh, a lot of controls. Uh, the the uh, drive mode was switchable. That changed a little bit of the shifting algorithm and the steering feel, which was quite noticeable. And I just felt that there was a lot of quality here. I mean, it was it was perceivable that this was a quality piece. 
uh, a quality car. Now, there are a few things new uh, for 2022, including wireless Apple CarPlay. Uh, It's standard on all Infiniti models. This vehicle was completely renewed in 2021. So really, we're just seeing uh, more of a uh, uh, a clarification of the model or a little bit of a detailing of the model. Uh, It comes with uh, ProPilot. ProPilot is their uh, Nissan and Infiniti system of keeping you in your lane, and it will actually uh, help you around turns. Uh, that did a great job. It wasn't intrusive in any way. It it really was helpful uh, in driving at night, I found it to be. It will keep you centered in the lane. It will brake or accelerate and help reduce fatigue on long journeys. And I think that's certainly what it does. There's also great safety uh, equipment like blind spot warning, lane departure. Uh, there is forward emergency braking with pedestrian detection, predictive forward collision warning, and rear automatic braking, and rear cross-traffic alert that is standard on all QX50 grades of uh, of trim. And I, I have to say, rear cross-traffic alert is really important these days. If you're backing out and you've got a big truck or a big SUV on both sides of you in a parking lot, I have several of them where the... Um, People have a long run. They pick up speed coming out of the parking lot, and you cannot see when backing out. So this will tell you if a vehicle is coming, and it is a great thing and something you should look for uh, in any vehicle that you buy. The variable compression engine is pretty interesting. It can change the compression. I believe they do it by uh, lengthening or shorting the, shortening the connecting rod mechanically with a linkage that is on the camshaft. It's nothing that you, you don't feel this changing. It's just going on on the inside of the engine. Uh, but it means that they can have a small two-liter four-cylinder engine put out 268 horsepower, 280 pound-feet of torque. And once again, the uh, drivetrain was very smooth, really, really uh, a good vehicle for driving on the road for sure. Let's talk about uh, a few things on it. Fuel economy. Fuel economy, not bad. Uh, 28 estimated highway, 22 city for an average number of 25. Uh, not terrible, but uh, this this is the essential grade. There are many other grades that can take the vehicle even to a higher level of trim. But this has everything you could think of, heated seats, heated steering wheel. This is the all-wheel drive, intelligent all-wheel drive model. Um, and it it really uh, was a complete, you know, essentials to, mean would, to me would mean something that was basically equipped with the basic uh, gear. But this really goes well beyond it. Now, pricing on it's pretty straightforward. They, they don't have a lot of options to add. But uh, the uh, price of this with destination was forty nine thousand nine seventy five. Destination is one thousand twenty five dollars, so that's included in that forty nine thousand nine seventy five. Very clean looking model. Uh, I like it. Uh, I like the 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 clean lines on the outside. There's definitely a a very big swoop in the hood, um, and then there's strong. Uh, cues along the side style lines and then of course in that rear glass on the uh, c pillar you have that that kind of check mark chrome piece that is 
certainly says what uh, is a, is a cue for infinity. You know, you're driving an infinity. Uh, great model. I I think they will do very well with this. The essential is just a nice level of trim for forty nine thousand nine. 75. Not too much not to like about it. I can't really think of anything I did not like about it. I like all the dedicated buttons uh, for the uh, controls, something that uh, uh, some manufacturers have done away with where they would just put uh, menus and things. Or, But it, it's it's got a nice combination. We've got that, that dial uh, in the console that will allow you to change the views. Nissan and Infiniti have always done a great job with the cameras and views, makes it easy to back in and back out of parking spots. So they give you a lot of help there. So there you have it. The 2022 Infiniti QX50 Essential. Really enjoyed driving it. Great vehicle and one you should check out if you're looking for a luxury two-row SUV. Hey, it's time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson, although he's not here. We're going to see you down the road. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.